Hi, Hopers. It is good to be with you again this day, and it is good to look in the Word of God together. We have been talking about Proverbs, and we are still in Proverbs. Uh, Last time we were in Proverbs 6, we're going to stay in Proverbs 6, and we're going to talk today about seven things. Now, that sounds like a lot to do in five minutes or six minutes, but we're going to talk about these seven things, and it's an interesting way that Proverbs does this poetically uh, to talk about things that the Lord hates. In verse 16, it says there are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. So there's this sense of degree, this this poetic way of talking about the things that God hates. Six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. It doesn't mean there's 13 things. It's just talking about these six, I mean, these seven things, kind of that way. It's a poetic way of giving us an emphasis that these things are, are just stuff that drive God crazy. He does not like them. He sees the the emptiness of them, and he wants his people to have no part of them. So if we are people of God, if we are people who serve and love him, people who have been bought by the death of his son and people who have given our lives to him, then I think it probably makes sense that it should matter to us what God hates, what God finds abominable, what God thinks is something that no person should have as a part of their life and doesn't want any of his people to have as a part of their life. And if that's agreed upon, if we all agree, that that's probably important for us to know, then let's take a look at these seven things that are an abomination to him. It says, verse 17, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among the brothers. So as I read that list, I notice that there are some collections of things in there. There are some commonalities. The outlier is the first one, which is probably where we get the sense of six and seven. It's the headliner, if you will, and it is haughty eyes. One of the things that God hates are people of pride, people who are full of themselves. And in the way it's expressed here, haughty eyes, it are, it, it's a people who see things through their pride. They look down on others. They think that they are better than They view this world through their pride. They view their weaknesses through their pride. They view their accomplishments through their pride. They even view their Christianity, their relationship with God through their pride. And it poisons everything. I think that the world in which we live is as equipped as any world that has ever been to live and feed pride inside of people to compare ourselves to others, to decide whether that person measures up or we measure up, to decide whether we're right and everybody else is wrong and those who agree with us are smart and those who don't are ridiculously dumb, proud hearts, pride-filled eyes. These are things God hates. And I don't know if we recognize how much that the intensity of that word And our love for our Heavenly Father should influence that we notice haughty eyes and that we are appalled by it, want to get rid of it, want to get it out of our lives. Haughty eyes. And I think that when you get down to it, pride is one of the things that drives all of our fallenness. 
In almost every respect, when we go off the rails and do what is wrong, there is a sense of pride, even negative pride, because pride is really about me, that, that life is about me. It's focused on me, what I feel, what I think, and, and my idea. It's not always that I feel great about myself. It's just sometimes that I just think about myself, and I'm the I'm the point. The, the whole narrative is about me. It's, it's That's pride, and haughty eyes expresses that that is one of the things that God hates. Then there are two groups of three that I see in here. Three of them deal with what we say, words that we use. So verse 17, a lying tongue. And then verse 19, a false witness who breathes out lies and one who sows discord among the brothers. So God hates when we use words in ways that we should not use them. And in these, in all of these things, it is words that are used to destroy or take advantage of others. A lying tongue talks about someone who is deceptive, someone who does not reliably speak the truth, someone who uses words to deceive. A, a false witness talks about someone who slanders other people, who takes their words and uses it to tear down other people and falsely so tears them down. And we're not saying that there's no basis in fact, but the idea is I only use the facts that tear them down. I don't pour out any grace on it. All I want to do is make sure that that other person is seen as someone who has done what is wrong and is worthy of shame and guilt. And the, and the last one is one who sows discord among the brothers. By what I say, I bring division. I cause people to take sides. And all three of these are a misuse of the gift of language and words that God has given us. These are things that God hates. We, as the people of God, are supposed to be part of his reconciling work in this world, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We are his ambassadors making his appeal, be reconciled to God. That idea is totally at odds with a lying tongue, a false witness, and one who sows discord. Similarly, there are three other ones, and they are about people that are eager to do what is wrong. So it says in verse 17, hands that shed innocent blood. And the, the way that that is phrased, I guess we could simplify that down to talking about a, a bully who is violent, someone that likes to inflict pain physically on other people. And and even to the point here where sheds innocent blood, we're talking about murder, but I don't think it's just exclusively, oh, when it crosses the line into murder, that's when God hates it. No, the idea is he hates that mode of someone who has been given strength and power and advantage and uses it to bully those that they can because they can. Uh, in verse 18, a heart that devises wicked plans, someone who likes to scheme and think how they can do what is wrong and get away with it, and feet that rush, make haste to run to evil. In other words, there's an eagerness to go and do what is wrong. These are When we value what is wrong, when, when we throw away God's wisdom and, and God's passion for us by, and how he has told us what is right and what is wrong, and instead we embrace and value what is what we shouldn't, that's what God hates. And I wonder how much of what we read and how the, the attitudes that we take, how eager we are to rush to what is evil, how quickly we celebrate what we should not be celebrating. And I don't know that I could give you a delineation of all the things, but I know that in each believer, there's the Holy Spirit. And if we will ask him, he will give us direction. Father, where am I eager to do what you think is wrong and evil? And, and I've kind of acted like it's good and valuable. I've been eager to run to it. 
Help me to see it for what it is. Help me to hate it like you hate it. Help me to hate the way I misuse words. Help me to notice it so that I don't do that. And above all, help me to see the pride that fills my life and the way that it colors everything that I do so that I can put aside what you hate and embrace what you love.